Hey everybody, I wanted to record this message um, without David here uh, because it's, uh, I know it's going to be kind of heartfelt and it will probably make David feel uncomfortable, especially if I uh, start crying, which I actually may do. Um, and I invited David to do the same thing if he had some words that he wanted to share. Uh, he said, nah, I'm good. So, um, but I wanted to share that, you know, I've told a lot of stories on uh, this podcast and previous podcasts and people always say to me, you know, I, I love hearing stories about your life because in the, of the way they relate to mine. Um, and whether it was stories about getting divorced or, or being single again, or, uh, you know, starting a new relationship or even my recent, uh, suicide attempt. Uh, people seem to have found value in it and uh, being able to relate it to their own life. So I wanted to share with you this one last story on this podcast. Um, the other day, uh, I had a dream that uh, Greg Barrett and Maria Bamford and I were going to be on at midnight again. And for some reason in the dream, I was able to recognize that uh, we, the date was going to be January 9th. Um, now I know that's very rare that you, uh, remember specific, you know, dates and numbers and things, things you read in dreams. And, uh, for me, it's even more rare because I can't remember specific dates in real life. I have to write everything down. So I found that odd. And especially, you know, the whole day I was thinking about it and I remember January 9th, January 9th. That's really weird. So later on, I sent, uh, Maria a text. Uh, that said, man, because uh, I was working on this shoot all day and there was a lot of downtime. And I sent me a text about how I had this weird dream that the three of us were going to be on again January 9th. And she sent me a text back that said, uh, well, that could happen. That's what Miss Jackie calls an attainable goal. Referring to Jackie's And, uh, of course, you know, she's right. That is, uh, it's not like I had a dream I was flying or... Uh, that uh, laser beams came out of my eyes. I dreamt about something that could easily happen. It has happened before. It could easily happen again. Just maybe not on that date. So I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Although it's easy for you to say, I said to her, I had to harass Chris just to get on the first time, which I was just joking about. But I took her point and uh, I thought, well, that's actually uh, something that I should, you know, take into consideration it is an attainable goal, but it's not going to happen on its own. So uh, I then texted Chris Hardwick, who was back in town, and uh, and I said, I told him the same thing, making the point that this was just a weird, you know, oddly specific dream. And he wrote back, uh, uh, I want to read it off to you. He wrote back, that is eerily specific. And I said, right. Maria says it's an attainable goal. I say that's easy for her to say. And the very next thing he texts back to me is, I'll tell Bart. Now remember that. He says, I'll tell Bart. For those of you who don't know, Bart Coleman is the uh, one of the producers on At Midnight, and he's in charge of booking guests, and, uh, and he's been involved in comedy for a million years. He's an L.A. comedy mainstay, and he's a very cool guy. He's very good at his job at At Midnight. And that's what Chris said the first time. If you remember when I tweeted that thing about being on the first time, he said, I will tell Bart post haste. And it happened. So remember that part, and I'll get back to it. Uh, but then he texts, maybe we can set it up. 
I assume by Greg and Maria you mean Barrett and Vampire. And I texted back, no, I actually met Luganus and Conchita Alonzo. What the fuck? Uh, and so he says, well, I know you're joking, but what an awesome panel that would be. Um, so that was very funny, and it made me laugh. But after I got done, I was thinking about what he said, about how he said, you know, I'll, I'll make it happen. And the truth is, this may or may not happen. I may or may not ever be on the show again. Uh, I may be on with Greg and Maria. I may not. I may be uh, on with someone else. I may be on on January 9th. I may not. The the possibilities are almost endless in, in terms of me and at midnight. But the crazy thing is, by bringing this to Chris's attention, I have made that, the idea of me being on the show, I have made it that much more likely to happen. And that's exactly what Maria meant. And this is exactly what Jackie means when she says that's an attainable goal. But it, do- it doesn't just happen on its own. I mean, sometimes everything, we get lucky in the universe, uh, you know, uh, aligns. But for the most part, no, you have to do something. You have to take at least the least bit of effort, which I clearly did in this case, just texting Chris. And to me, I thought that's a pretty amazing thing that uh, I have, first of all, I have such talented and funny and amazing friends that I can text them conversations and actually learn something from our conversations. But more importantly, I thought, wow, I made that happen. And there are things that I do on the daily that I make happen. And we all do that, I think, to some extent. And The problem is we never take notice of it. And, you know, when something happens in nature that we like or that we're, you know, that we're amazed by, we always have to comment on it. Mmm, this rose smells beautiful. Oh, this sunset is amazing. You know, the aurora borealis is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Those, Those things are all true, and I'm not saying it's not true. But we know why those things are happening. They're all, you know, scientific, chemical reactions that can be proven and that happen constantly all through the day, you know. And then the things that can't be explained, that's the explanation. This is a freak occurrence that cannot be explained. Even the best scientists have no idea why it happened. You know what I mean? And yet, every single day we do that. Uh, you know, this it, all these things that happen in nature, we always want to give it up to nature or God, if you're so inclined, or whoever. And, and yet, when that happens to a person, when a person is ascribed that same kind of amazement, the person always wants to deflect and write it off. You know, you say to somebody, wow, you're really beautiful. And uh, and they might go, oh, well, good genes. Or, oh, you should see me without makeup. You know, you see, you hear that a lot from, from ladies especially. Uh, or even guys, they'll say, oh, yeah, good genes. It's just the way it is. And you're deflecting that. But the truth is, that's something that, yeah, maybe good genes isn't necessarily something you did to make yourself, you know, uh, more attractive. But it's something you should be proud of. You have good genes. You were lucky enough that it it wasn't even luck. You know, congratulations to your ancestors for choosing such attractive partners and making you this beautiful, attractive person. 
Good job, and you need to be proud of that. I, I understand humility is a virtue, and I don't. And it doesn't mean you have to go around saying, you know, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. But when someone says you're really beautiful, or man, your eyes are amazing, or wow, you have great hair, you know, it's perfectly fine. And I'm not talking about a stranger on the street who's bothering you. I'm just talking about like you know, someone meeting a party or a friend, uh, you know. Uh, whatever says, man, your hair looks great today. Whatever, it's perfectly fine to go. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I do. I do that all the time. As it, you know, more more because it makes people laugh. But people are always commenting on my hair because it's awesome. I'm almost fifty years old. I still have a full head of hair. It's gray, but it's not white. And be, and more importantly, the reason I have a full head of hair is because I have taken care of it for my entire life. When I was a young man, a teenager. I read an article that said, don't blow dry your hair, it's bad for you, you will go bald. And I stopped blow drying my hair, and I have only done it in emergency situations. I, I, I've never chemically treated my hair because I know that ruins it too. And the proof is in the pudding. I mean, look at my awesome hair. All my friends have shitty hair. And when people say, your hair is awesome, I say, I know, right? Anything is funny, but I'm, I'm truly proud of it. And we all have something like that, that we can be proud of. You know, you're really good at your job. And you go, oh, well, I just work hard. Yeah, you should be proud that you work hard. You know, or man, you're really good with numbers. Yeah, I just have an aptitude. That's great. Be proud that you have an aptitude for numbers. Either way, be proud that you work hard and you're good at what you do, because not everybody can do that. Be proud that you just have a a particular aptitude for what you do, because not everybody does that. Just like a particular flower or an insect or a cute puppy, this is something that is unique to you and you alone. The other night, um, I was sitting with my wife, and we were watching some TV show, and uh, the co in the soundtrack of the show, it was playing uh, I'll Stand By. Not the Pretenders version, but that song. And um, in between the dialogue and during commercials and stuff, I would I would start to sing that song, which is something I often do while we're watching TV. But of course, I don't know all the words, so I'm making some of them up as I go along, which is something I always have done. I used to do it to make my kids laugh, and now I do it to make my wife laugh. So while we're watching the TV, I'm singing and making up stupid words. And my wife is like, mm, I don't think those are the words as she wants to play along as a straight man. And uh, I say to her, well, this is all part of my new burlesque routine where I dress up in leather and I sing pretender songs. I'm going to call myself Chrissy Behind. And she laughed harder than I have heard her laugh in months. And what I noticed was it was the hardest she has laughed since I tried to kill myself. And it was, uh, it was really a defining moment for me because what it said to me was I have told and written jokes for so long that I am now able to write a joke on the spot, even if it's a pun, I am able to write a clearly thought out joke within seconds and then tell it with sniper-like accuracy. I mean, when I delivered that joke, every I don't care who was in the room. I don't care who was married to me. If you were here, you would have laughed because I nailed it. And that's something that I'm very proud of. And it hasn't made me rich or famous, but there are times when I do that 
and people in the room go, holy shit. On this shoot the other day, uh, it was for baskets, and this guy's dressed up like, you know, Zach in a clown outfit, and they're describing the uh, the scene we're shooting, and they say it's kind of like Cirque du Soleil. And I went, yeah, more like Cirque du Soleil. Lame. And everybody looked at me, <laughs> and they laughed, because they realized, oh, what the fuck, that was unexpected. And that, again, it's just a dumb pun, but it's all about timing and taking the opportunity to make people laugh. And I don't shy away from that. When people go, oh, man, that joke was great. I don't go, yeah, anyone could have made that. Or, ah, it was a dumb pun. I say, thank you. I killed it. I nailed that fucking joke. And the point I want to make here, my last point uh, on my podcast, is that every single person has something like that. And it, it's really easy to say, well, it, it's just a dumb thing that I'm good at that nobody cares about. But just because only a few people care about it, just because it's only your family and your friends who are impressed by that, just because it's something that could never be monetized uh, or could never make you famous, it still makes you special. And it's something you should be proud of. Whether it's, you know, the ability to look at a spreadsheet of numbers and make sense out of it, whether it's, you know, the fact that you're really good at playing chess, you know, whether you can name uh, every starting lineup for the Kansas City Royals since the, the day the club opened, whatever it is, that makes you special. It makes you a special person. And in this world, there's a lack of people who find themselves special. And quite frankly, that's why they're all voting for Donald Trump, because they think he's special, and they're not. And they're living vicariously through him. And you know what? I have some of the most interesting and amazing friends uh, that I've made throughout my life. And the reason is because I saw something special in them that I didn't see in myself. And yes, I wanted to live vicariously through the way they spoke to girls or the way they played guitar or whatever it is that they did that I could not do. And by that same token, I know there are people who like to be around me because they can't tell jokes. And they hear me do it, and it makes them laugh, and it makes them feel good. And that's the bottom line, everybody. I'm sorry. That's what it comes down to. We all need to get through life. There is no winning. There is no finish line. You do your best while you're here. None of us has to be here. But we're here at the request of at least one other person. So do your best. And try to make the world a better place with what you have. Because I guarantee it, each and every one of you has the ability to do that. To make this world a better place, either for yourself, for your loved ones, for your friends, or for total strangers. I've seen it. I've done it myself. The hours and hours I've spent communicating with people who I've never met and may never meet in the real world has proven to me that everybody has something to offer. And if it wasn't for people I've been podcasting with, David, Jim, Tom, all my friends, and the people who have listened to me do these podcasts, if it wasn't for all you people, I would have never known that. 
it would have never occurred to me that everyone really is special. And I don't mean it in a little league way where we all get trophies for best effort. I mean it in a way where more like a roast way where we're all terrible and we all have problems, but there's that one thing that at the end of the roast, at the end of tearing someone down, we say, but you know what? You're a really nice person. You do this. You have this talent. And I'm glad to know you. And I am so grateful that so many people have said that to me. And I, I just hope that you guys all know that you're special. And I hope that you can share that feeling with someone else. Thank you very much.